0: to preach a few minutes tonight from John chapter 21 and verse number 15. The Bible says, So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. This he spake, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth a disciple whom Jesus loved, following which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will, that he tarry till I come. What is that to thee? Follow thou me." Then went this saying abroad among the brethren, that that, that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, He shall not die. But if I, tar- if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Father, I pray that you'll bless the reading of thy word. Thank you for all the good singing tonight. For these next few moments, I pray you'll speak to our hearts. And Lord, I ask you to do for us what we cannot do tonight for our own selves. I pray that you'll bless the word of God and touch every heart. In Christ's name we do pray, amen. Amen, you can be seated tonight. I wanna preach for just a few moments tonight out of verse number 15, where the Bible says that Jesus spoke to Simon Peter, and he said, Simon, son of Jonas, notice these next four words, lovest thou me more? Lovest thou me more? Uh, This is the question that, Jesus asked three times in this text and I know that if you're a Bible reader and you've heard preaching you're familiar with this text and tonight I really don't want to focus on the number of times that uh, Jesus asked Peter to uh, confess or say uh, talked about his love for him I, I know that we've heard preaching on the three denials the three confessions there is basically three questions here though it is one and basically three words lovest thou me that is the center point of this question, and it is also uh, the center point of this entire text, and also there is the different word meanings of the word love, uh, agape, and phileo, and and those words, and what they mean in their own significance, and I'm sure that you have heard preaching upon that, but really this this evening, I don't want to emphasize any of that. I want to just simply look at that one phrase there, where Jesus asked Simon the question, lovest thou me more? And I want to preach on this subject tonight, on loving Christ more. More. loving Christ more. I think that is really what Jesus is doing in this text here for this is a very uh, uh this is a very important question and I I want you to think about those four words that Jesus lays out before uh, Peter here. It is a passionate question as he said, "Love us." Jesus wants to talk about uh, Peter's love and and I want to say tonight the Bible says that love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. Uh, Paul spoke about the love of Christ and he said the love of Christ constraineth me. A hundred years ago, Oswald Chambers wrote uh, in his book, or rather his wife wrote the statement that Oswald Chambers made when he made this statement. He said, Most preachers today, and you this was a hundred years ago, he said, Most preachers today preach only the benefits of the cross. They they preach if you'll come and be saved, that, that you'll have the benefit of justification and the benefit of propitiation and, and all the different benefits that come missing and those are great benefits and we ought to preach them and Paul spoke about them but Oswald Chambers said this. He said for Paul, it was not the benefits of the cross that moved him to preach the gospel. It was the passion of the cross Uh, for Paul uh, felt the whole world needed to know that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, Paul could not get over the love of Christ. Amen. And when we think about Calvary and we think about the cross and we think about salvation and all that God has done for us, what ought ought to overwhelm us more than anything else, more than missing hell and more than going to heaven, is that God would love somebody like me and that God would love somebody like you. He didn't only not have to save us, but the great mystery of salvation is why would he save us? Why would he leave the portal of glory? Why would he leave the majesty and all the blessings and the benefit and come to sinful man? Why would he become a man? So that we, the sons of men, could become the sons of God. Amen. What motivated the heart of God was that he loved us when we were unlovable, amen? He loved us before he knew us. He loved us before he created us. He loved us before he saved us, amen? That is the great mystery, the love of God. And so it is a passionate question. Here is God has loved us, but now Jesus wants to know, Simon, lovest thou me? It's a passionate question. It is a personal question. As he calls his name, Simon. And then he says, Simon, lovest thou? He said, do you love me, Simon? You see, it's not a question this afternoon as to whether or not the person sitting next to you, how much love you have for God. It's not a question of how much love your parents have for God. I thank God for young people with good parents, but that's not the question for you. It's not a question how much your preacher loves God or your Sunday school teacher loves God. This is an individual question because God works on an individual basis in all of our life. It is a very personal question. It is a very precious question. As he said, lovest thou me? I want to tell you something. The greatest love you'll ever know is the love of God. The greatest love that you'll ever feel is God's manifested love. It was Corey Ten Boom that said at the very moment that she forgave the, uh, the, the one that had, uh, the soldier that had confronted her uh, that had been there in that concentration camp and was one of the men that was responsible uh, for the torture and the death of her own, uh, some of her own family members and her own friends. Uh, it was at that very moment when she practiced forgiveness upon him as he asked it for he too had become a Christian. She said it was like liquid love uh, running through the recesses of my soul. Uh, that is the love of God uh, as a songwriter. Said the love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It reaches beyond the highest star and reaches below the lowest hell. I'm glad this afternoon uh, that on July 1st, 1988, uh, on a hot summer day in a little old storefront building, I'm glad I experienced uh, the grace and the mercy and the love of God. Amen. And I'll tell you this afternoon it is a very precious question but it is a persistent question because this question is not going away in Simon's life comes up not only once not twice but three times i think it was a question that rung out in his mind or in his ears the rest of his days it is a question that still rings in our ears today lovest thou me more how much do we love jesus It's a predominant question And we think about the love of God I really believe this about this text And I think there's two things in this text That that proves the point that I'm about to make I I do not believe that Jesus Personally, I do not believe that Jesus Was trying to get Simon to confess his love And I'm not debating What anybody else would say I know that he denied the Lord three times And and we do see where he confessed three times That that he loved him But, But I don't think that Jesus Is trying to get Peter to confess his love I don't even think Simon believed that because Simon himself said, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Every time Jesus would ask him, he would say, Lord, you know I love you. And Simon knew that the Lord knew he loved him. Was not a It was not a uh, uh, that Jesus was seeking a confession of Simon's love but he was seeking a commitment of Simon's love. He didn't want him to necessarily confess his love. Uh, now Simon, you love me, don't you? Oh Lord, I love you. Simon, come on, tell me you love me again. No, it wasn't anything like that. What Jesus, he already know. He knows how much I love him. He knows how much you love him. But Simon had been in the ministry and Simon had been out of the ministry. And Jesus knew this, Brother Jeremy, that if Simon Simon was going to stay in the ministry. It was a matter of more than just confessing his love. He was going to have to commit his love to Christ. Amen. I want to tell you, the best way I know to illustrate it is like this. Brother Daniel, I I will ask you this publicly. Do you love me? I believe Brother Daniel is a man of integrity, don't you? And uh I asked him if you love me. He said, yes. And you really do love me, don't you, brother? I believe that. But if I was to ask Brother Daniel, now, Brother Daniel, because you love me, I, he's confessed his love publicly. Brother Daniel, because you love me, I want you to sell everything you got tomorrow. I want you to sell it all. I want you to leave everything behind. And I want you to follow me. You know, this afternoon he would not do that. He's not supposed to do that. I'll tell you why. Because though he meant what he said and he has confessed his love publicly, his love is not that committed to me. But now if that boy sitting next to him was to come up to him and say, Daddy, I, 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 Daddy, I've got a need. As I said this morning, And it's going to take everything that Brother Daniel owns and has. He's going to have to sell everything he's got without reservation and hesitation. As I said this morning, he would sell it all. You know why? There's a commitment between that love. He loves me genuinely. I, I believe you meant every word of what you said, but the love right there runs a whole lot deeper than the love right here. That's the way it is with. Christ knew that Simon loved him but he said lovest thou me more Simon he wanted a deeper commitment can I tell you something about God he wants a deeper commitment out of all of our, all of us to have a greater love it's one thing to love him but it's another thing to love him more and I'll tell you the longer I serve him and the more I serve him I want to love him more don't you I want my commitment I want my love to run deeper today than what it did yesterday you say oh but preacher I love him yeah but don't you want to love him more? Don't you want to be committed more to him? He said, Simon, lovest thou me more? Say how much, preacher? I want to say if you're going to love him more, number one, tonight, notice in this text, you need to love him more than the old life. As in verse number 14, the third time Jesus showed himself to the side, verse number 12, I think it, verse number 12, yeah, verse 12, he says to him, Jesus saith unto them, come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh, notice this, taketh bread and giveth them fish. Likewise, now in verse number 15, as they are dining, so when they have dined, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou more than these? I want to tell you that these was not the disciples that was sitting around. You remember what Peter said a few verses earlier? He said, I go fishing. Jesus told him in in the early verses of the gospel, he said, come and follow me and I'll make you to become fishers of what? Men. Jesus is looking at him and he knows that he loves him. He knows that there's no doubt that Simon loves Jesus. I think when he went out and wept bitterly, it proved the fact that how much he really loved him. Even when he'd done wrong, it broke Simon's heart because he had disappointed the heart of God. And so he goes out and he weeps bitterly. But, but now they're sitting around this, they're sitting around this fire and Jesus looks at him. Those fishes are there before him. He said, Simon, do you love me more than these? What he was saying is, do you love me more than the old life? the life that you used to live. He said, basically, he is saying, Simon, your fishing days are over with as far as the Sea of Galilee is concerned. You've got to love me more than the old life. I, I want to stop and say, I've seen people, they they they, they 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 turn back. No doubt they love God every bit as much as we love God. You might be here and say, preacher, I don't understand how people can just walk away from God. Well, I can't explain all of that, but I can tell you this much, if you look back long enough, if you start looking back down right life's road and you start desiring some of those things that you used to do, some of the way you used to live, if you glance at it long enough, if you look at it long enough and think about it long enough, your commitment to Christ, even though you love him, it'll not be what it used to be. You see, that's why the devil is constantly trying to dangle the world before our eyes. He knows that if he can ever start a love affair with this world, our commitment and our love to God will no longer be what it used to be. You love him more than the old life. You said, oh, preacher, I've been in church all my life. I've never drank or smoked or run with chewed or run with those who do. That may be true about you tonight, but I want to tell you something, friend. You've got to love him more than that old life of religion you got to love him more than just, just church as it's already been said tonight in a testimony. you got to love him more than just singing in the choir. Love him more than just going to Sunday school and going to church. I, I see people week in and week out. They're there, but they're really not there. They're there in body, but they're not there in spirit. They're not there in mind. They've just come and, and they keep coming and they're faithful and that's commendable, but there's a difference in somebody just shows up and marks their attendance sheet and somebody shows up and puts everything they got in the say man, you may be here and sing a special, I've seen people sing specials, but they're there but they're really not there, but when you love Christ more, you'll open your mouth and sing to a different tune, there'll be a melody that'll come out of that voice I'm telling you, when you sing in the choir, and you love Christ more than the old life, I'm telling you, it makes a difference in what we do and why we do what we do you love him more than the old life You remember what it was like before you knew Christ? Do you remember the darkness you was living in? You remember, the, you remember the death that you were living in. There was no life. Somebody was testifying uh, just a while ago and and they were talking about some things and, and I thought to myself, the difference is is that when you get saved, life comes on the inside and that life that's on the inside is the life of Christ, amen? And it connects with that book, that Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of us. It connects with the Word of God. It connects with the saints of God. It connects with anything that glorifies God. And friend, that's the difference maker in all of our life uh, is that new life that's living on the inside. You love it more than anything. I'm telling you, I'd rather be an old time Christian than anything I know. I'd rather be saved uh, and on my way to heaven tonight, friend. Uh, I'd rather be saved by the grace of God than have diamonds and rubies uh, and the treasures of this old world. Uh, I'd rather have it than fortune and have it than fame. Uh, I'd rather have it than name tonight. I'm talking about I love it more than the old life Hollywood has no hold on me tonight I want to tell you the rock music industry, the country music industry has no hold on me tonight I'm not saying I couldn't stoop into that sin, you know, that I know better than that. But I'm saying when I look at them, I feel sorry for them because if only they knew what we knew, if only they could feel what we feel, if only they could have what we have, just for a little while, they would never go back to the drugs. They'd never go back to the alcohol again. They'd never go back to that sinful life. Oh, to know him, this life is better than the old life. I remember I grew up in the days of MTV. And I remember, and I'm not proud of this, but I can remember after I got saved. The saying when I was a teenager was, I want my MTV. That was the message. But I'm going to tell you, before I got saved, I sang the world's message. But after I got saved, if I could have bought a T-shirt, I'd have bought one that would have said, I don't want my MTV anymore. Because I'm telling you, the afternoon that I got born again... I remember going in the in the little uh, uh, bedroom there and I had a little radio that sat on a little shelf there. It was always on KZ 106. And when I went in that afternoon, I, I'll tell you, listen, I, all of a sudden, I, I, something on the inside, I didn't know that it was wrong. Nobody told me it was wrong. I, listen, I didn't know anything about, I didn't even know anything about the Bible. I just knew I was going to hell and I needed to be saved. I, I, but I'll tell you something I learned when I walked in that bedroom room. It stayed on 24-7. And when I walked in that bedroom, something or somebody on the inside said, you don't want to listen to that no more. That's never going to satisfy you anymore. I want to tell you something, friend. You know what that was? It was a Holy Ghost of God. And I tell you, left to myself, my life would have been wrecked and it would have been ruined. But thank God there's new life in Christ. And I love this life more than I love the old life. Amen. Do you love the life you have in Christ more than the life you used to live? You think about where you're at today. Has God been good to you? Look down that pew. Has he put any blessings beside you? Has he took care of you? You think about where you're at. Everything we have we owe to God, isn't that right? I'm telling you, I should have had a busted up marriage. I should have been a drunk. I'm telling never drink alcohol, but I should have been a drunk. Everybody on both sides of my family were drunks and I was gonna probably go down the same path. Divorce on every side. I sympathize with people that have been through divorce, but I'm telling you, not one marriage survived on either side. You think the chances of my marriage surviving, it wouldn't have survived. I'm quite sure of that. But I'm telling you when I found Jesus, or should I say when Jesus found me, he, uh, he took me out of that old life uh, he put me in the new life amen and things were different hallelujah from that moment thank God you know what Sunday afternoons used to be to me and I, I, I laugh I don't laugh I should cry really but I do a lot of churches have just quit having church on Sunday night altogether. and I remember a preacher not too long ago told me he "said well we just don't have Sunday night no more he said, uh, and I don't understand people call off for special occasions. I'm not preaching on that. I'm talking about every Sunday. But he said, we just don't have it no more. He said, we, we think family's important, family time. I do too. I think going to church with family on Sunday night's very important. Amen. And he said, uh, we just we don't do that no more. And I, I didn't say nothing. It wasn't none of my business. But I thought to myself, I wouldn't go to church where all they had was one time a week. If that's all God meant to me, why even go? But he said, we just don't go, we just have family. And I'll tell you why, I think how strange that is to me. Because in my old life, I remember what the highlight of my Sunday evenings was to go over to my granny's house and, and over there we would, we would all come together and it would be hamburgers and hot dogs and, and sitting around and horseshoes and, and drinking and, and it never ended good. It, wasn't a, it never ended in a good night, but I was a kid and so I was too. Uh, I didn't realize those things that was going on around me, uh, but you know what? Uh, it was a terrible time, but I can remember thinking, boy, going over on a Sunday afternoon and cooking a hamburger and a hot dog and seeing all my cousins uh, and playing ball and horseshoes. I thought, man, this is the life. Uh, But you see, that was the old life. I I didn't know anything different than that life. But I'll tell you, when I got saved, uh, I didn't want to go to church before I got saved. Brother Laddie sure didn't want to go to church on Sunday night. But when I got saved, there was something on the inside. I said, how would you like to come back tonight? Amen. I remember I told my preacher, I said, I know you just run a bus on Sunday morning. Morning, but I'd really like to go to church tonight. And my preacher, I think he had great discernment. He said, why do you want to come back tonight? I said, I just want to come back to church tonight. And could I please come back tonight? he come by and picked me and my brother up in that old Ford LTD and took us to church. I, I mean, he had a stack of newspapers in the back. You could barely get to the back of that car. We'd crawl in the back of that car. He said, if y'all rubber band every one of them newspapers, by the time we get done with church or there and back, he said, I'll take you to McDonald's and get you an ice cream amen I'd love to go to church on Sunday night and the man of God would preach and we'd rubber band newspapers for his route and then we'd go to McDonald's amen and we'd eat that disgusting ice cream amen and just have a good time I'll tell you that life was better than the other life I'll tell you oh thank God I'd rather be living tonight for Jesus as to be doing anything else amen my mom and dad and uncle started getting worried. They said, son, you're going to church too much. I said, please. I said, don't stop me from going to church. They said, but you're missing all the cookouts. I said, but I'm having a good time. Had to be God, put it in their heart. They never stopped me. And I'm gonna tell you, if I was a parent, I'd never punish my kids with church. God, help your soul if you do that. My parents weren't saved. They said, if you don't do this now, you're not going to be able to go to church. And i tell say, I'd do anything. I oh, would say, what is that new life? I'm not building. My, I'm nothing tonight. I want you to understand that. But the old life, the new life is better than the old life. Don't you love him more than that old life? Don't you love him more than that beer drinking crowd out there? And uh, hey, that beer drinking crowd, they're gonna get up tomorrow and they're gonna be ashamed of what they did all weekend. Some of them's not gonna have their money. They're not gonna have their friends. They'll have them back again on Friday night on payday, but they won't see them again uh, and they'll have to hide some of the things that they've done uh, and they'll have to keep some of the things. Hey, you know what? We can all go home and pillow our head tonight and get up and still know our name in the morning and be able to look our wife or our husband in the eye and not be ashamed of what we've done. Uh, I'm telling you tonight, it's just good. I, it's just good, praise God, uh, to be saved uh, and be in church on a weekend. Uh, I'm talking about I love this life more than the old life. Secondly, do you love it more than your own life? So I want to love Him more. You got to love Him more than your life, but you got to love Him more than your own life. Look what He says in verse number 18: "Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest." Thou, when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thine hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he signifying about what death he should glorify God. He's bringing Peter now to the graveyard. He says, Peter, do you love me more than the old life. Do you love me more, Peter, than your own life? You see, you." he's talking about a crucifixion. History tells us that Peter was crucified upside down. He's talking about stretching forth his hands and dying a death that would glorify. He says, Peter, if you're gonna love me more, you gotta love me more than your own life. I wanna tell you, life is not about me and you. Brother, I'm telling you, if we're not careful, listen to me, we'll get so caught up in whining and belly aching and just acting like we've got it rough and hard and and we're going through some great trial. I know we go through trials and afflictions in life, but if we're not careful, we'll feel sorry for ourselves and we live in a weak, anemic Christianity in this day and time. Is that right? Now don't die on me. You're right. Go ahead. I read a story this morning in a little book that Lee Robertson wrote about and there was a section there on faith. And in that little section on faith, it talked about a man, I can't remember his name. I wrote the name down, but I don't have it with me. But in that story of that man, they he was to be burned at the stake. But before they burned him at the stake, they had they had sharpened a seat of nails. And they set him down on that seat of nails, made him sit on it before all in the community. They asked him to denounce his faith, and he would not. And then one of the men, I don't remember who it was, where it was at, but he took these... these um, he took these uh, tongs that had been in the fire and been heated and they wanted to take his nose off with of those tongs, those hot those hot tongs and as he turned away they, they removed his lips as he looked back at them they was decided they were going to take his nose off if he didn't denounce his faith he's already on a seat of nails his lips are gone, he's bleeding before they took his nose off they took in the the person that was doing the torturing, he said, drew three big circles of fire around his head, branded him. Still, he would not deny the Lord. Finally, they took his nose off and they lit the stake. As he sat there on that seat of nails and as the flames engulfed his body, they said his face began to shine like an angel. He said he spoke out, Have faith! Have faith, have faith, have faith. The last things that he said, was have faith. You say, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying he loved him more than his own life. We live in a selfish society. We're pumping and priming and pushing people just... Would you come sing in the choir? Would you would you show up for visitation? Would you would you would you please come every night at a revival meeting? You know the routine that gets set over and over. Would you please uh, just? Would you? Sac- those are not sacrifices. Uh, those are privileges that we have because we live in a free country. We live in America. We're not being burned at the stake not yet. Uh, but I'm telling you, my friend, uh, if the people of America I'm talking about saved people, I'm talking about people that go to church. Uh, if the church doesn't wake up uh, in 2019, 19. We're going to lose our liberty. We'll lose our freedom, my freedom. If they can be burned at the stake, I surely we'll love him more than our own life. Prosperity has destroyed the nation. Tonight, do you really want to serve God? And stop making whatever excuses you're making for your lack of service. Stop complaining. Stop the whining. There's no sacrifice that any of us do. Oh, but preacher, you don't know. You just don't know how much I got. And I I mean, you know, to do this and to do that is a privilege, not a right. It's an honor to serve our King. I'm telling you, Brother David, if there was 10 people in the choir, and I know you feel this way, but still be an honor, wouldn't it? You've probably led it when there were 10 people. I'm telling you tonight, whether it's a house full or a handful, it's an honor to preach, to go to the nursing home, to preach to people in the golden years of their life, to go to the prison, to preach to the unforgotten. You love it more than your own life tonight. I'm telling you, you can't be selfish and be a Christian. He's forever trying to get self out of all of us. The things of this world, have got to lose their value. I, I'm not talking about selling everything you got tonight. And if God told you that'd be one thing, but I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not asking you to go and to give your life. He wants us to live for him. And if we not live for him, we'd never die for him. But I'm telling you, we can't drive our 10 stakes so deep in this world and we can't make life about us. Life is not about me. Life is not about you. We gotta love him more than our own life because he is our life, Hallelujah. Then I'll say this in closing tonight. We need to love him not only more than the old life and our own life, but we need to love him more than others' life. Jesus says to him in verse number 19, follow me. But in verse 21, Peter seeing John. He says to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Jesus said to him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. You know what happens? Peter's still got one more hurdle to cross. He's got to get past the point of getting his eyes on others and being concerned about others. I know we care about people and we care about as far as we care about each other in that sense, but I want to tell you, if you're going to serve Jesus, you got to get your eyes off other people. You got to get your eyes off the ones that disappoint you You gotta get your eyes off the one that that may turn against you and you have to get your eyes off the ones that'll even be more blessed than you are. Any of them are a distraction. If you listen to criticism and try to defend criticism, you'll never serve God because there's always gonna be critics. Let the critics criticize and go on and serve God. You don't have to defend yourself when you're right. Can I get an Amen. There's no reason for me to waste God's time and your time standing up here trying to defend something that someone out there may say that none of us really cares about at the end of the day. Let's just do what's right. Let's just go on and serve God. I hate it, Brother Brian, when people quit and they get out of church and they leave and it it leaves a hole and it, it hurts and it's a wound on the church, but you know what we do? We just pick right back up and just go right on another service, keep on singing, keep on preaching. We can't stop because they quit or because they, they blow out or they, they, they fizzle out we just gotta go on and then those that are blessed you know what God chooses to bless who he wants to bless and he chooses who not to bless and he chooses how much to bless I think preachers are the worst I say this for all of our preachers here I thank God for preachers preachers are the worst to measure themselves amongst themselves one guy preaches and God blesses him more. Ten of them get mad. Preacher preachers meeting the other day. They're all good men, but I told them, I said, "Y'all are harder to preach to than inmates." <laughs> Come on now. I can tell you this: in twenty-one years, I've had far more trouble out of pastoring preachers than I have church members. That's right. It's hard. Preachers are I, I found out I go out west and you know what I found out, Brother Danny, out west, there's people, preachers out west, they don't like preachers in the east. You go up north and I uh, was up in New England, I found out some of those in New England they don't like some of the guys in the south. I come south back home, I find out people preachers in the south, they don't like anybody anywhere. Preachers, when they say this question, I help you preachers out, never answer this question. When they say to you, what do you think about so and so? And if he's a preacher, stop, take a deep breath and say, I don't know, what do you think about him? Find out what they think and then if it's not positive, say, oh, I really don't know, I appreciate your thoughts. (laughs) Isn't amazing how preachers will spend their time worrying about what other preachers are doing and that's the very thing they preach against to y'all is not to worry about other people I found out I'm not blowing preachers out but I found out just be good to all of them pray for them all I don't really care what they're doing I mean I don't mean that in the wrong sense I don't care what this man's ministry is and what this guy I mean I got my own uh, listen my own uh, business to take care of uh, and it's more than I can handle and it's more than we can all handle but you can't be worried worried about that person across the aisle. I mean, you ought to pray for them and be concerned about them, but you can't divvy in everybody's business and say, well, I mean, doesn't he think he's something? And boy, hasn't he, 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 he been blessed lately or, or she's been blessed? And boy, I mean, if you're not careful, you'll spend your life worrying about other people. Don't want what they have. I was preaching with another preacher we were at this church, man. This guy had great facilities, good crowd, everything you'd want. And that preacher said, Man, wouldn't you like to pastor here? I said, Are you kidding me? I said, There's not a southerner within 400 miles of this place. <laughs> I don't want to pastor this church. It's all Yankees. I'm sorry. I told him, I said, Man, you couldn't get a cat head biscuit for three states. I wouldn't want to pastor that church. It's a great church. Yeah. I think sometimes we can't get past other people, what God's doing in their life, how God's blessing me. Why? We just got to be happy with who we are, where God's put us. Amen. Amen. We got to be happy with God's blessing on our life say, Preacher, I want to love him more than you. You've got to love him more than others. I'll say this in closing. Love him more than the personality of others. I'll tell you, I pray this. I appreciate the loyalty of church members. We certainly need that today, don't we? There's such a lack of loyalty. But I I remember James Jones, and I've said it many times on purpose because I hope none of us forget this several years ago Brother James Jones standing in this pulpit preaching one morning made a statement that I never forgot never have forgotten this statement talking about a preacher when he retired after several years of being there and he said to his congregation he said if I have tied you to anything other than Christ then I have failed Brother I want to say tonight you I appreciate this church is so good to me I thank God for you I, but I'll tell you I never want to be in a church where it's a preacher, preacher worship church is that right? I don't think that's that way here, but the man of God's responsible to make sure that don't happen. Amen. Amen. I think you ought to I preach, I tell I preach you I told somebody, else, I said, Well, I preach you ought to give the pastor a raise. I mean, I mean pastor's gotta have a raise. It's just common sense. Somebody's gonna now some of y'all got real quiet when I said that. I'm not talking about this Sunday, so just right. settle down a little bit. But one day I'm gonna be gone. And whoever that next person is, he needs to have a raise. Amen, is that right? and you, I don't need a raise. You've been good to me and I appreciate it. but it still has to be preached because young people are coming up and, and so they have to be trained. They have to be taught. It's not anything to fatten my pocketbook by any means but there are things that has to be preached and, and you ought to love the man of God, love his family, pray for him. You ought to stand up for him. You ought, you ought to fight for him. I think it. You know, I believe in every bit of that but there is a line to be drawn that that man of God, if he is right with God, he will know not to let it go past that point because if it goes past, that point, then people start chasing personality rather than the, than, than the Christ, amen? We're to love the pastor, love the man of God, love men of God that come in here, but at the end of the day, we're just flesh like everybody else, and if God don't do it, nothing will be, ever be accomplished for you, but I tell you, a man that is filled with the Spirit, he'll point you to the one that'll never disappoint you. He'll point you to the one that'll never let you down. He'll point you to the one that'll be there all the days of your life. I'm talking about love Love others more than my friend, or love Christ more than others. Hallelujah. I think that's what's destroying us today. Is that we're living in a time when people have elevated preachers to the point of it's not healthy. I'm not out to destroy a man's ministry, but God knows. Follow Christ. Follow Jesus. Hey, when the preacher dies, God ain't dead. Somebody say amen. If the church closes its doors, God ain't dead. Never figured out these people that when their pastor retired, they just quit church. Or their church goes belly up because trouble gets in it, they just stay home. You owe more to God than that, friend. Amen. I'm telling you, he'd been too good to you to quit along the journey. He'd been too good to you to stop along the way. I'm talking about you need to love him more than others. I thank God for family. But I'm telling you, if you're serving family rather than serving God, you're in this thing for the wrong business, amen. If you love the crown more than the cross, you're in it for the wrong reason. I'm talking about, friend, thank God for a godly heritage. But some people, when their mom and their dad dies, they're done, amen. Because that's all they've got. You ought to love him tonight as we stand as He saying to us. Heads are bowed. Do you love him tonight? How, do you want to love him more? us thou me more? Oh, Lord, I want to love you more. I've confessed my love. And I want a deeper commitment of that love. I love Christ more. As Brother David sings, you obey God tonight.